0: As we uh, just prayerfully sung, Lord teach us, we're going to uh, turn to scripture through which he teaches us and we'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 12, that's why it's in that page. 1 Corinthians 12 and we're reading the whole chapter. Starts off with the entitlement, a, a heading of about spiritual gifts, and then talks about the one body with its many members. Verse one, one Corinthians twelve. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you are led. Now, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as a body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptised into one body, Jews or Greeks, Slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. The foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body if the whole body were an eye where would the sense where would be the sense of hearing if the whole body were an ear where would be the sense of smell but as it is god arranged the members in the body each one of them as he chose if all were a single member where would be the body as it is there are many parts yet one body But God has so composed the body, giving greater honour to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So far, the reading of God's holy word.
1: The text verse is verse three. Therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the house, except in the Holy Spirit. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, there are so many things that can divide us as the body of Christ, Jesus' as church, and in your Bible reading, Paul was pleading with the congregation that they should maintain the unity of Christ, that every member is important this congregation had many struggles, as we, as believers and churches, struggle as well in the year 2023. And you can just name the issues. It was present in this congregation as well: women in office, issue of headship and submission. First Corinthians 11, verse one to sixteen. There were issues around the Lord's Supper, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17 to 33, where the wealthy members failed to wait for the poorer members at a gathering of the Lord's Supper. Idolatry, sanctity of marriage, lawsuits against believers, brothers and sisters, divisions in the church. And all these issues were addressed in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And then Paul warns that divisions and schisms occur in a church where the focus is not on the price anymore. And that price is our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 9. When we are not focused on Jesus but also when we are not focused on God's words. We are living in interesting times, and therefore we should take note of this as the Lord's church in Black's land. There's so many things that can divide us, but the Lord wants us to be one and to dwell in unity. It's also so easy to become disgruntled as a member. But we, as Paul urged us, should make certain that there should be no schism in the body. Verse 25 of our Bible reading. And this is how God composed the body, that there may be no division in the body. But that the members may have the same care for one another. No division based on wealth, status, or education. Then it becomes difficult through doctrinal differences about the sacraments. And so Paul urged the congregation in verse 13, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. First 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, Paul reminded the church that we are the body of Christ. This is not our church, your church, but the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, and He is the head. And we are individual members of it. We should not think of ourselves as separate, but as a body that is one. A unity. And we are to become in practice what we should be the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's only because of God's grace that we can be His body, unified through faith. There was another issue that threatened the unity of the Church of Corinthians in chapter 12 that was speaking in tongues. Paul was concerned about this issue. And that's his main topic in chapters 12 to 14. Paul's statement about the diversity of spiritual gifts, chapter 12, and the necessity of love, chapter 13, leads to his conclusion about speaking in tongues, chapter 14. And Paul did not forbid speaking in tongues. But he urged that there were more important things that a church should do and should be busy with. What is speaking in tongues? Travis Fentiman, who used to be in a charismatic church and did his dissertation about this, wrote extensively about speaking in tongues, and he states, Speaking in tongues in the Bible simply means speaking in tongues in various languages or dialects so that the gospel should be proclaimed. Speaking in tongues in early church were real languages and understood by the speakers. And that the tongue speakers understood what they were saying is natural in what they were spoke were real existing languages which persons of foreign nationalities understood, according to Acts 2, verse 6 to 11. And there's no real reason to believe that the real language tongues of Acts 2 were different than the tongues later in the book of Acts on 1 Corinthians 12 or 14. Rather, Rather, these passages assume continuity and knowledge of what happened at Pentecost. Also where Paul said the interpretation of tongues. They were real languages so that the gospel could be proclaimed. A gift what the Lord gave to the early church. The congregation of the Corinthians had a view that the Holy Spirit's ministry was not enough. That some were better than others. Therefore the analogy of the foot and the hand and the eye and the ear. They were dividing believers into groups and failed to see that Christians are blessed with the Spirit's power and gifts for ministry, that we are all needed. They also misunderstood that not everyone had gifts of tongues. And when preaching about the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, we need to realize that all Christians who confess Christ as their Lord and Savior have the Holy Spirit. This is the greatest gift. The Spirit works faith in our hearts. It's the most important gift. And the Spirit is giving gifts to His church as He is doing today so that we can function in unity as a body is functioning. And we must use these gifts to edify one another. Because the Lord wills it that a church. Cannot function in unity without our gifts. (coughs) The same as our body cannot function unless every body member is working. This is what 1 Corinthians 12 is telling us in short and in summary. And so Paul stated in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28 to 30, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers. They all work miracles. They all possess gifts of healings. They all speak with tongues. They all interpret. But earnestly desire the higher gifts. What is the higher gift? The higher gift is not the speaking of tongues or prophecy. But the greatest gift that we have received is that we can believe in Jesus. And confess Him as our Lord and Savior. And in that lies our unity. And we can only confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior through the Holy Spirit. Paul said... Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord is the confession that brings life in the believer. This is the most important. This is why we are alive. And also in the disciples and the apostles' lives, this was the highest form of confession they could make. To Thomas, who did not believe that Jesus has risen, Jesus appeared and invited in John 20 verse 27, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hands and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. But Thomas could not. Full of remorse, he said, My Lord and my God. Thomas realized in his sorrow and doubt, and he saw with his own eyes that the scriptures were fulfilled. God is the victor over death. God has come to help him. And he confessed, My Lord and my God. It was an answer, a confession. He saw Jesus, he believed. And Jesus brought him to the mountain of faith. What else could he answer? As my Lord and my God. He saw and he believed and he did not need to put his fingers in Jesus' wounds. He believed. Also the Apostle Paul who wrote this letter to the Corinthians. Paul was a Jew, a Pharisee. He was burnt by the desire to fulfill the law and he hated Christianity with a passion. Paul was a fanatical fighter for the Jews, bone and marrow Jew, a Pharisee, and he studied for many years on the the very strict Gamaliel. but also the Lord brought him to the confession that he is Lord. In Acts 9, the Lord asked Paul, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And surprised Saul asked, who are you, Lord? And then the risen and glorified Jesus revealed himself in all his glory with the words, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Especially Saul's words of Paul, who are you, Lord? This was his confession. Because there's for a Jew or a Pharisee, not another Lord, but God the Father. And now he called Jesus, Lord just like the Apostle Thomas. After he recognized the Lord Jesus and confessed my Lord and God, Paul also confessed Jesus as Lord. And for Paul, there was no, from that day, no other God and Savior than Jesus. And he was willing to die for Jesus, and he did. And this is the greatest gift, he says. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. This is the most important thing. Jesus alone can save us. This is Paul's argument. If you repent from your sins and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, confess His name, you are righteous before God. This is the greatest gift that the Holy Spirit can give. And when Paul explained the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he summarized what a Christian's life should be that it's about faith in Christ first and His love. Most important to confess that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And this emphasizes our unity in word and spirit. It's so clear it's not about experiences, not about prophecies, not about speaking in tongues, not about my own agenda and what I want. Or who I like, who I follow as a preacher. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 12. But it starts with the recognition of Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And out of this will flow the love of God and my neighbor. It's only through the work of the Holy Spirit. Who testifies about Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And if I love Christ and honor Him as the Lord and my only Savior... I will also serve my neighbor and maintain the unity of Christ's body. His church. Because I'm alive. This is why Paul said that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to confess that Jesus is Lord for you? Something that we need to think and pray about first thing to say Jesus is Lord and God means that I acknowledge that Jesus is God. He's more than a man or a prophet. He's the Lord over my life, meaning that I will do what He tells me to do for His words. It's a test of my commitment to Him. And I also believe that the Lord has everything under control. And I bent on his authority. So says the Lord. And to say Jesus is Lord is also a statement of comfort and encouragement. Even if everything looks bleak, I still can confess Jesus is Lord. And I know my Lord has everything under control. He's the King. And nothing escapes his care or concern because he's Lord. And to say Jesus is Lord is to say, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Jesus is Lord. And even when the dark clouds are gathering for the storms of adversity in your life, you can know Jesus is Lord. He's there for his spirit. And you know that the Lord promised that he will never leave his children to themselves. The Lord will look for everyone who is lost. And I invite you this evening, I'm going to preach about this, how the Lord searches for those who are lost, how he looked for Zacchaeus. That Jesus came to take care of the lost sinner. came to seek the lost, gather his sheep. He came to look for you and me. He came to feed with the bread of life. He came to refresh our thirst with the water of peace. So the question should always be, do I follow Jesus in word and deed? And Paul told us that no one can say Jesus is Lord and by implication live in Jesus except by the Holy Spirit. This is the greatest gift that we can have. This is why we are church. This is why you woke up this morning. This is why you're sitting here and glorify Lord. This is why we gather as one body. To hear, so says the Lord. Not a pastor, but so says the Lord. And when I confess that Jesus is Lord, then we will see one another through the eyes of Jesus. Then we will be heard when someone is heard. Then we will look when someone is lost and we will have equal concern for one another. Verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is why we clapped hands when we welcome the Zutatus family. We rejoice with them, part of the body. But opposite is also true. We, the body of Christ, are hurt, and above all, Jesus, as head of His church, is hurt. If we destroy the body of Christ, if we leave the church in anger, or for whatever reasons, let's say heresy, when we are causing schisms, divisions, that's not according to the Word of God. Now, said Paul, we should earnestly desire the higher gifts, To be a believer is not about experiences, not about prophecies, not about speaking in tongues. But if I want to ask whether I'm a true believer, I should recognize Christ and love God and my neighbor above everything. And if I love Christ and honor Him as the Lord and my only Savior, then I will serve God above all and my neighbor as myself. And we will hear about this The way of love, 1 Corinthians 13. All our work should start with Jesus. And it begins with the confession that Jesus is Lord. It begins with the confession that Jesus is the head of this church. This is Jesus' church. And we who believe in Jesus have the Spirit of God. And Jesus determines my life. This is why I start the day with the Lord in prayer. And the Lord defines our life, and this is how we should think in 2023 as his church. Biblically. Same Lord. Still seek him, still follow him, still do his will as he ordered in his words. It's not other way around. It cannot start with spiritual gifts. It begins with Christ, the confession that his Lord, which is the work of the same Spirit. And faith in Him is the gift of the Holy Spirit, and we share in this as the congregation. And only if we confess Him as our Lord through His Spirit, we share in His continuing gifts. We share in His blood that was shed for us, His body that was broken for us. We are baptized in Jesus, verse 13, and in Him... We are one as portrayed by the Lord's Supper. Unity. But sometimes a member becomes disgruntled. What should we do? We should seek the more excellent way. Paul tells us that's the way of love. Seek Jesus. Remember how he loved us. When Jesus was in agony on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And in God's love, he gave his son so that we could be free and have everything. God's love, he gave his son to die so that we can be saved from anger, hate, retaliation, schisms, that is, divisions. Let us never lose our focus as a congregation. But focus and seek our identity that Jesus is Lord. The unity that Christ has obtained for us. Unity with others is good and pleasant. Psalm 133 verse 1. Unity is essential as the body of Christ because the church is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27. And we need one another. Body cannot be in this unity or this harmony with one another. And if this unity occurs, and that's an old tactic of Satan, it essentially ceases to be a body, only becomes a disjointed group of individuals. A unity lies in Christ. And so Jesus' plan for his church is unified people through faith. It's a miracle today that people can still recognize Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And it's only because of the Lord, not because of us. It's a miracle that we can be the Lord's congregation. It's a miracle that we can share in the Lord's gifts in our building of His whole congregation. And unity is best kept when we follow the great commandment to love one another the more excellent way. When we use our gift to help others, and so Philippians 2 verse 3 says that we should consider others better than myself. Serve each other in our relationships with the church. It means to be the bigger person in an argument. Not only in your marriage, but also here at church. The first to apologize. Jesus said to turn the other cheek, the first to forgive. Not because of yourself, but because of the Lord Jesus Christ. To be humble, to be willing to learn, to be helpful when someone is in need. And for all these aspects of service, as well as the the aspects of submission, we preserve our unity as brothers and sisters and act as one body. And so, Paul and the Holy Spirit urge us to be unified as a church. Why? (laughs) Jesus loves us. We love Jesus through His Spirit and a true faith. And because we love Him, we are building His church by equipping the saints so that we will all day be mature to the fullness of Christ. The Lord is doing great things in his congregation. He's adding. What a wonderful thing that we could confess Friday in unity that we are going to continue to build the Lord's church in this building to worship him. It's all for the Lord's church. But unity, and to confess that the Lord is God, Jesus is the Lord. We will speak and continue the truth of God's word in love. Pray that every member, every part of Jesus' body will be working properly. That his body will be built up in unity. How do you do that? Paul says, I will show you still a more excellent way. And then he preaches about love. But you have to come to church to hear that. Or read it yourself. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, what a great love you show to us through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can be your body, that our Lord Jesus Christ is the head of his church. And what we do, we do to glorify you. But also that we can confess Jesus is Lord. The same as Thomas, my Lord, my God. Same as Paul, the same as Peter, that you are the Christ, the living Son of God. And on that confession, your church is built. It's the greatest gift that we can receive to confess In true faith, that Jesus is Lord. Father, we pray that your church will function in unity. That you will teach us to be the bigger person in an argument. To sacrifice ourselves because of love. It's not about us, Lord. But about you and your church and the gospel that should be preached in love. That we will restore each other gently when we fall. Because it's so easy to fall, it's so easy to wander off. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, Amen.